Welcome to Healing Begins. My name is Pastor Gail Crock and I'm glad you're listening in. Today, I also have Karen on the show with me today. Say hi, Karen. Hello there. Today, we're going to talk about a subject. I wanted to call it set times or I even was tempted to call it when God is late, you know. I don't know if you've ever had it where uh, you needed God to come through for you. He came through at the last minute. And many times, you know, I've said that God has never let me down, but he has scared me a few times and come through right at the last moment. And so a lot of these revelation and inspirations come for me after around 4 a.m. in the morning, and that's when the Lord lately seems to be getting me up to pray. I don't think the Lord needs any sleep, does he, Karen? <laughs> no. <laughs> He's like up at all hours of the night, and he gets, I say to him before I go to bed, okay, when you want me to, Get up and pray, wake me up. Did you know that's a dangerous prayer to pray? Uh, and he's faithful in answering that, I feel like, for me oh, as well. Very yeah. faithful. I mean, I'll, <laughs> my eyes will snap awake and I'll look at the clock and it'll say 4.15 a.m. And I have to get up at 6.15. Yeah. And he doesn't it seem like, though, that he gives you, when he does wake you up, he gives you the energy that you need for the day? Well, it seems like I want to go to bed earlier at night when he wakes me up like yeah. that because he's been waking me up like that almost every almost every night. One day at 4.15, one day at 4.30, and one morning it was 4.44 in the morning. And so during that time, as I was reading uh, my Bible this morning, well, I was in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 13, verse 11. Saul replied, When I saw that the men were scattering... And that you did not come at the set time, and that the Philistines were assembling at Mishmash. What was happening here, I'm going to give you a little background. Saul was going to go to war with the Philistines, but before he went, Samuel said, At a set time tomorrow, I'm going to come, and I'll offer prayers and sacrifices before you go into battle. Well, the time came for Samuel to arrive, and he wasn't there. And the pressure was getting on Saul because the Philistines were assembling. His men were feeling the stress and the anxiety. And there was no Samuel. Where was Samuel? After all, without his prayers and sacrifices, we can't go into battle. So um, Saul decides that he would take things into his own hands because out of fear and anxiety. So he just gets done with doing all the sacrifices and prayers and Samuel arrives and he goes, Saul, what have you done? That was not your job. And Saul begins to explain why he feels he had the right to do it. But, you know, he made too, too many decisions based out of his own will, based out of fear, based out of anxiety, you know, and it wasn't a good thing. And it says in Second Timothy 1.7 that God is not given you and I a spirit of fear, but power of love and a sound mind. So when the set time came and God wasn't showing up like Saul thought he would, then Saul took things into his own hands. Yeah, when I think, Gail, the sound mind, um, when all the fear comes in, the doubts come in, confusion comes in, and then we end up doing a react in a way um, out of the fear and do things that... Um, Right? Maybe not lining up with what God had planned for us. Well, I know that I tell people that stress and anxiety are my friends. And they're like, your friends? What are you talking about? 
Well, when I'm feeling the stress and the anxiety, I know I'm operating under my own strength. That's good. So stress and anxiety tells me that if I need to make a decision that day, I shouldn't make it. Not out of stress and anxiety, because I'll wind up making the wrong decision, or worse yet, I'll wind up saying something wrong. Right, and with Psalm month comes peace, and, and making decisions like that, we should be at peace. Yeah, and if, an ex- you're not yeah. A, if you're not at peace, whatever decision you make, you're, you're most likely going to regret it later. And then I was mm-hmm. uh, thinking along the la- same lines, if you're a Bible scholar, you can look, to, I'm going to give you the scripture ch- references in the Bible, and you can go look them up. In Genesis 17 and 18, God tells Abraham, Look, Abraham, I'm going to make you a great nation. And through your wife, Sarah, you're going to be blessed. And you're going to have a son. And you're going to, you're going to name him Isaac, which means laughter. And you're just going to be, your descendants are going to be like the stars of the heaven. What a great promise, huh, Karen? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But what happens when you get older and your promise is not fulfilled? You try to make it happen yourself sometimes. Well, yes, you can try to have a... Well, we're going to talk about that in a minute. So Abraham's like approaching in around 90, and he's like, oh my goodness, how is this ever going to happen? We've had this promise for a long time from God, and nothing. So um, I like this part in the Word, and uh, so Sarah has a bright idea. She said, I know what we'll do, Abraham. What did she tell Abraham they're going to do? Um. That was, if I remember right, the maid uh, maid servant, right? Sleep with the maid servant. And- yeah, Hagar. Hey, yeah. I tell you what. Here's my bright idea, honey. You can have Hagar and have a child with her. So he has a child with Hagar, and that child is named Ishmael. And we know we can call him the child of the flesh, because he. And then later on, God says to Abraham, "It's not through Hagar." that you will be blessed. It's through Sarah. In fact, when the angels appeared to Abraham and said this, that Sarah's going to have a uh, a boy, she laughed and the angels yes. went over there and go, did you laugh, Sarah? And they go, no, she goes, no, no, I didn't laugh. I really didn't laugh. And they go, yeah, you did. We heard you. And she got pregnant in her 90s and they had a baby and his name was Isaac, which means laughter. And all, through, all the nations, through Isaac, came the blessing. And so, you know, sometimes we can get into waiting for a promise. And it can get really discouraging. If God has given you a promise and uh, you haven't seen it come to pass, it can be extremely discouraging, don't you think? Oh, yeah. The waiting is, it can be discouraging, but to continue to hold on to the promise, press in, and uh, continue doing what God has told you to do at the, at the time. I love the scripture in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall make your path straight. So what I see happen so many times is if the promise hasn't been fulfilled yet, we will lean on our own understanding to try to make what God says happen. And that's when we have Ishmael's, because God said that Ishmael would be a wild donkey of a man, and Hagar and Ishmael became 
a thorn in Abraham's side, Ishmael was still made into a great nation. But it wasn't the promise fulfilled that God had intended for Abraham. Yes, Gail, that actually is my um, life first, that um, the trust in the Lord. And the Lord is constantly reminding me of that verse when things aren't happening right and the lean not on your own understanding. Um, for me, like I always try to figure things out. And as God's lean not on your own understanding, it's his, right? And that he shall make our path straight. So we always try to figure out the best way when things are happening. We're waiting on God during those those times. Um, that's when the, the fears come in, the doubts and the confusion, when we're trying to figure it all out. And God just says, rest in me. Rest in me. I've got you. So, The biggest hindrance to resting is what? It's our minds. Oh, yeah. So you're going to find it if you feel like you're under a lot of pressure or you've been really praying for a breakthrough, for God to work in a certain area and he's not come through yet. The number one thing that you're going to really have to deal with is your thought process in your mind because fear and anxiety will just stir up a ton of thoughts and then then a lot of times you'll begin to operate out of panic and out of stress and then things really begin to go wrong. And so the thing that I think is really needed is when we're waiting for God to come through and it seems like he's late, we really have to have a way of controlling our thoughts and controlling our thought process because if we don't do that and we just let all those negative thoughts run all over, most likely stress and anxiety will have its way and we'll wind up acting out of that. Yeah, I just think of, just for myself, um, you're laying in bed and you're, you're thinking about all these different scenarios about what could happen or what I should do. Um, I think of the verse, and you have to remind me, Gail, what it was, cast all your cares on me for I care for you. Um, is literally casting that over. And then if you're familiar with um, um, the hooks, right, it's just giving it over to God, right, and letting God um, deal with it. Um, and just, yeah, and not take it back. That's the worst thing that first, we do. First Peter 5, verses 7 through 9 says, Cast all your anxiety upon him, for he careth for you. For your adversary, the devil, prowls around, like a roaring lion seeking someone whom he may devour, resist him, stand firm in the faith. So what I find is that when we have the thoughts and the running all over, we need to be able to resist those thoughts. When fear tries to crop up, we can say, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. I'm not going to yield to fear, but we need to Give God our cares. Give him our worries. I think that's what you were talking about. Yeah, Gail. It just reminds me what you just said, that you like it when it was a fear and anxiety comes. It's like a warning. And, um, yeah, just for us to set off a warning, um, like ding, 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 hey. I don't know <laughs> if I like it, but I made them their friend, my friends. Yeah. You know, because no one likes to be under fear and anxiety, right, and stress. No one likes to be under that. But just to help us recognize that the enemy is at work, just like you um, shared in your, the verse, um, the enemies comes to, right? 
It might be the enemy or it might be coming out of our own wounds and our own heart that are not dealt with and those fears and those anxieties are coming out of there. Now I know according to John 10.10, the thief cometh to kill, steal, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Now I know that the enemy can make suggestions, but many times where the enemy plays is with our own weaknesses and with our own fears and he knows areas that he's had success in before, so he tries those buttons and those doors. Yeah, and he, he comes back with a different, um, I don't know, aspect of it. He just twists it just a little bit differently each time, but it is like the weakness of fear. And he just he just twists it just a little bit each, you know, each time to try to get us um, off course. You don't have to be off course much to miss your mark. I don't know what it is, is if you're flying to another city and you're off two degrees, you'll never make your original destination. So it can really, really goof you up if it's off just a little bit. In fact, when the enemy was tempting Eve in the garden, he would say, did God not say, and the enemy was twisting Mm -hmm. God's words to deceive Eve, right? And so he often does this. Now, There is a scripture that really talks about how we should handle our thoughts and our way of thinking, and I really like this scripture. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Wait a minute. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, in every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought and making it obedient to Christ. So we got to recognize when our thoughts are getting out of control. And we have to begin to make them obedient and say, look, no. But I love what this scripture says, casting down imaginations. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a powerful word. Have you ever laid in bed at night and imagined all the bad things that might happen to you? Oh, have, yeah. Have you done that? Oh, yeah. What was that like? Well, <laughs> um, you definitely can't sleep. <laughs> well, maybe if someone is listening at 1 a.m. in the morning, you can't sleep, right? right? Yeah. It, it just, it, and you definitely don't have the sound mind. It just you just go from one scenario to the next scenario to the next scenario, and uh, it's just not a good place to be. It could lead you down into a deep, dark pit of despair and depression. Oh yeah. Worrying about the what might happen and the what ifs. What if this? What if that? What? If, and you know the Bible talks mm-hmm. about worry, that you can't add another day to your life mm-hmm. through worrying. The Bible tells us that God knows the very number of the hairs on our head and. He also knows when a sparrow falls from the sky, then the Bible says, how much more are we worth than sparrows? And then it says in one of the gospel writers, if God can clothe the lilies of the field, how much more will he take care of you and me? Now that's easy to believe when everything's going right. Yeah, yeah, I think of um, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, 
with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So that's that part of, that, of casting your anxious thoughts, right, over to God, and then giving thanks, shifting our mindset onto giving thanks and praise, and um, and then present your request to God. It's then the peace of God comes. But then he takes it a little bit further. After he says that, he says, Now, think, I want you to think about the things that are pure, lovely, and of good report. If anything be a virtue or praiseworthy, think about such things, and the God of peace will be with you. First he mentions the peace of God. Then he mentions the God of peace, which is the God of shalom. Everything you need. So, in 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, we're told to cast down imaginations. So in other words, we're not supposed to be sitting there to all hours of the night worrying about what might happen. We're to cast those things down in the name of Jesus. We are to change what we're thinking on. And, we're, and the Bible says that we are to take every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So have you ever had a thought come in your mind? And at first, it seemed harmless, but as you thought on it, it wound up in a bad place. And so, when we take thoughts captive, you should say to the Lord, what do you want me to do with this? Oh, you want me to give it to you. So, I'm taking the thought captive. I'm going to give it to you, Lord. And then what we need to do is we need to change what we're thinking on. And that's Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9, thinking about the things that are pure, lovely, and of good report. So really, in the midst of a set time or feeling like God is running late, controlling the thoughts and keeping your mind, despite the storm, in a peaceful place, and that's when people look at you from the outside and they go, how do you do that? So what I'd like to do is I'd like uh, us to pray a minute, and we have a few more minutes on the program. I'd like us to pray. And Karen, can you lift up a prayer for those that are in like a tight situation? There's a set time. There's something they need to have done, whether it's a financial breakthrough or God needs to come through. I mean, there's a lot of people right now under a lot of stress, under a lot of anxiety, under a lot of fear because of things that are going on in the world today. Can you lift up a prayer about that? Yeah, I just, I, I first of all, I think of two um, verses on Jeremiah 29, um, 11, that God has plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope in a future. And then also Hebrews 4, 16, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. God is for you. He's not against you. And he has amazing plans for you. So just, um, yeah, you can trust him. You can trust him with your future. And, um, yeah, so Lord, we just... Um, we just love you so much. We praise you, Father God, that you do have amazing plans um, for the listeners and that they can put their trust in you and um, that their um, hope is in you. And Lord, we just ask that you just give them a peace that transcends all understanding, guard their hearts and their minds in Christ Jesus. Lord, um, just help us to feel your um, presence and your love that you have for them. In Jesus' name. Lord, we just pray. It just seems like uh, recently 
people have gone from one crisis to the next crisis to the next crisis. There's so much, Lord, so much hurt, so much pain that is out there today. Jesus, you are the good shepherd, but I also think of the scripture that says, you are Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Lord, you are our source. You are the one we look to for provision and for everything we need. And Lord, I pray that you would be Jehovah Jireh to those that are in need, to those that need financial provision. I pray that you would be Jehovah Rohi, the Lord my shepherd, for those that need protection when it seems like the wolf and the bear is coming after them. Lord, that you would take your rod and your staff and that you would strike the enemy in the name of Jesus. And I just pray that, you know, you would be Jehovah Nisi over those that don't feel you're loved right now, that the banner over me is love. The Lord is my banner. And yet I pray that you would be Jehovah Shama. The Lord is near to those that are listening this tonight. I pray that your presence would be near them. And I pray that you would surround them with your love, with your peace, and let them know you are Baal Perazim. You are the Lord of the breakthrough. In Jesus' name, amen. And as we wind this up tonight, I want you to know that God loves you, and I'm glad that you've chose to listen to this program this morning. And um, this program is brought to you by Family Tree Medical of Hastings, Michigan. Thanks again for tuning in. God is with you. You're not alone, and he will take care of you because he said, Lo, I am with you always. God bless you, and have a good night. Healing Begins is brought to you by Spiritual Care Consultants of West Michigan. We are a healing ministry based out of a doctor's office in Hastings, Michigan. And that doctor's office is Family Tree Medical, and my partner is Dr. Troy Carlson, a family physician. There are many people that are in need out there today. All of our services are free to the public on the healing center side of it. Dr. Carlson, you have to apply to be in his practice. But I'd love to hear from you 
my email is gail at spiritualcareconsultants.com and gail is spelled g-a-l-e and i'd love for you to learn more about us by going to www.spiritualcareconsultants.com or www.scchealingbegins.com thank you so much for listening for your support for your prayers may god richly bless you